one. This game is tied. Safe at the plate. He lays out and he makes an incredible catch. To the track, to the wall, ball game. Hey, Birds fans, Harry Canary here. Welcome to Nirvana for your ears. It's Inside the Birdcage, the Sioux Falls Canaries podcast, with insight into the latest team developments, plus interviews and classic stories from colorful personalities of Canaries past and present, and your chance to win a free car. Just kidding about the free car park. This isn't the prices right. Just making sure you're still paying attention. An entertaining podcast will have to be enough. So pull up a Barca lounger and crack open a brew because it's time to go inside the birdcage. Here's your host, John Gaskins. By the way, Barca lounger spelled backwards is regular crap. Thank you, Harry Canary. It's great to be back. It's been almost a month, Duel. We always say we will do the next podcast whenever the hell we feel like it. And so here we are. We feel like it. Whenever the hell we want. You know what? Yeah. It's uh, it, it, Let's start the new year off right. We'll we'll just get into this thing. And and uh, so we got some news to report, obviously, with the, the, the few new transactions. And Mike's been hard at work there in Arizona building this this roster. So yeah. I think that's kind of the, the, the topic of... of of the new 2021 Inside the Birdcage. Well, if you say so, it is, because he's the general manager of the team, Dual Higby. <laughs> so uh, that's we were establishing what we're doing, so that's what we're going to do, kind of things going on here and things going on with Mike. And um, Mike, temperature in Tucson, Arizona. Look out the window and uh, make us all live vicariously through you. Yeah, I'm currently looking out the window right now. Blue skies, a little light breeze, about 65 degrees outside, so... It's uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, we got a nice little heat wave going on here too. It actually the sun actually appeared. It's been what two weeks, something like that. We're 45 degrees. All the snow that we did have is melting. Of course, I'm hoping to go do some ice fishing here this weekend. And oh. I don't know. It might be a little sketchy. See, I bet you Mike is so jealous of that. Did you hear that, Mike? <laughs> ice fishing. Does it make you want to come up here do some yeah, ice yeah. fishing? Yeah, manager of the birds, Mike Meyer. He's putting together his roster. We had some exciting news in the last month or so of a few different roster spots and to get people excited about the baseball part that they'll be seeing at the birdcage this summer. But dual, it is the new year, which means it is a new business year, which means uh, you're putting some things together. Well, we're putting some things together, so we'll be ready for May and people can see some of the favorite stuff they always love coming to see. And of course, some new stuff. Some new stuff. We got new things in the works. We're not going to unveil what exactly that's going to, I guess, look like right now. But well, we don't know what some of those things. We are. don't know what some of those things are, and that's why you know <laughs> we're uh, we're too. Uh, what, what's the old Seinfeld phrase? We're 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 about half men apiece, so we put our minds together, and we're we're one full man. So we're something we're like coming that. up with some fun fun different promotions, some new stuff, yeah. possible uh, new destinations in the ballpark to to take in the birds action enjoy mm. some beers and okay and uh just a lot of different things in the works and i guess the most important thing right now we're still waiting on the schedule but there's a lot of moving parts on the uh 
on the on the league level on on and teams that are going to be able to play if if we're going to even be able to get into Canada. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of variables out there right now. Hopefully, we're going to acquire a new team or two to come into the league. So, um, you know, I think within the next couple of weeks, at the, at the very latest, we're going to see a schedule, and then we can really get our foot on the gas pedal and and start. Uh, Start thinking birds baseball a little bit, a little bit more detailed. Anyway, uh, is it expected to be a 100 game schedule starting? It, is. it usually does late yep. May ish. Yep, late oh, mid, mid mid late May somewhere around there. We're gonna we're gonna kick off. I don't know if we have any any particular dates right now. You know, probably early 20s, May 20th, somewhere around there. We're gonna when we're gonna start. But all all indications are it's gonna be another 100 game schedule. And we're just going to do our best to forget about 2020. Although we're not off to the best start in 2021, but well, I, well, I, I see. I just thought you were talking. This is a baseball podcast. Yeah, well, I thought you we're, were not talking, even we're not even going I, I, I there. Had, I had fun in the summer of 2020 when you're telling it was me fun. If I'm in the bird, if Dual Higby's office just outside the entrance to the bird cage, I'm having fond memories of 2020 out at the ballpark. And Mike is too. The the team was winning a bunch, but well, uh, I think the uh, the the tension that that built inside this office in 2020 has has dissipated a little bit and and uh just don't turn on the news that's right just yeah, don't turn yeah on the news. We, we won't even go there we won't even go there it's going to be a fun yeah. summer here at the ballpark new exciting stuff to to uh to, to come and enjoy and a damn good team on the field too. right and by the way uh so the, if people didn't listen to the last podcast or just haven't kept up you know there was some news about the saint paul saints and that was the that was the entire podcast last time the fact the saints who were part of the original what was it? Northern League that, Northern League, that became yeah. this American Association of Independent Baseball, and uh, they're they're gonzo. They are now the AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins and off and running. So does that leave us right now? Let's just say Winnipeg does play, and everybody can go to Canada. Ten, ten teams. Ten teams because the Air Hogs are are out. Okay. Um, so we're at ten teams right now. The Air Hogs. Yep. Okay. Yep. So why we'll, are they out? They just kind of folded, I guess. Okay. Um, I don't know a whole lot of details as, as right. to why. Um, obviously, they've been uh, they've been rostered majority of, of Chinese national players, um, and obviously in the state of the, the world right now, that 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 might not have been a, a possibility to yeah. get those guys over here. So okay, understandable. Yeah, I think that had, that probably had something to do with it. But ten yeah, teams. Ten can teams you, right now. Can you give us any hints into what other teams we might have? Or no, Josh Schwab, the I commissioner, cannot. not like Josh that. Okay. Schwab. I know they got, and honestly, I don't. I, I, I just it'd be speculation on my end too. Okay. Um, I, I don't really know, but there's a there's a handful of teams, obviously, in the contraction of minor league baseball that are now looking for a new home, and the American Association is a very stable and and. Uh, I mean, it's a great league. Yeah. We got we got a, uh, every organization in in the league is is stable and rock solid, and you, you can't say that about a lot of the other indie leagues. So it's it's we're, we we'd be a good home for them to find. Excellent. Okay. Good to know. You touched on St. Paul leaving, obviously, and that's kind of a good segue. Obviously, they had some of their players that that were, uh, you know, they're under contract or their property. To, uh, I guess is the way to put it, and those players went up to. Uh, we kind of had a, a, a more or less a draft. So I don't think we've talked about Troy Alexander yet, and that's that's one big piece that that we've we we have acquired. And I guess Mike, why Troy Alexander? Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to have Troy. I mean, he was the guy when when uh, we found out about St. Paul uh, going to a AAA affiliate of the the Twins. 
Um, you know, he was he was the guy that uh, we put on our list on the on the board as the number one uh, player that was still available, and and um, I'm excited to have him. You know, when we got to see him up close and personal quite a bit at the birdcage, you know, uh, sharing uh, the birdcage with the Saints and just puts together really tough at-bats. He's got some serious juice, can hit the ball to all fields, um, can run a little bit. You know, I think he's going to be a major piece in the middle of our lineup, um, you know, and, and be one of those guys that can thump a little bit for us. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's exciting to, to have him, you know, and hopefully we can – you know, see uh, even better version. He he didn't get regular at bats in St. Paul the last couple of years, and and he's going to play every day for us. So so we're excited to have him. I I know he's really pumped to be a bird too. Well, how much of this just came from your firsthand accounts of him? Because we know the birds and saints play a lot every year, but certainly even more this year, sharing the ballpark for the first half of the season. Uh, how much was it some of the damage that he guys he did to you guys that made it easy for you to want to go after him? Yeah, we didn't get to see him the year before. Um, we only played him the four games early in the year in 19, and they acquired him kind of middle of the year. Um, you know, but Jabari Henry and, and uh, was on his team in, in 19, and both he and Grady Wood, who had got to see him quite a bit when they were up there in St. Paul, um, you know, had said a lot of good things about him before the season started. Um, you know, and when, when we got to see him up close this last 2020 season, um, you know, and the at-bats he was able to put together against us, it was, uh, you know, that was one of the guys that our, our pitching staff really singled out and said that's the toughest toughest out in their lineup. Um, so when he came available, it was a no-brainer for us to try to go after him. This is where, uh, for the fans who haven't read the – Canaries, sfcanaries.com article about Troy Alexander. I come in and give you a few uh, fun stats. Uh, played in a combined 47 games over the last two years with the Saints. 30 games last year, drove in 17 runs while batting 260, clubbed six home runs, uh, one home run every five games. That's that's usually pretty good. You do that in the majors yeah. and you're hitting over 30 home runs. Um, yeah. So And an RBI every other game. You're doing that in, you know, say it's Major League Baseball, you get about 80 uh, RBIs or so a season. I, yeah. You know, you'd take take that guy's numbers anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a big production uh, type player. And I honestly, I think he's going to take a, a big step forward as well because, you know, it's it's not easy to go out there and, and get four at-bats and then not, not play for three or four days before you get your, you know, your next burn. Um, you know, and for him, uh, coming into the birdcage here for 2021 and, and getting to, to play every day and really compete, on a day-to-day basis, I, I I just I feel like he's going to take a big step forward and 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 maybe even be a little bit more productive, um, you know, for us in in Sioux Falls. To your point, Mike, I don't think people realize how hard it is to hit a baseball when you're when you're not getting consistent at bats. I mean, I, how many times do they say you just got to you just got to hit your way out of a slump? I mean, it, sitting out doesn't that doesn't really help, and and to get get in the lineup every third day is is really really tough and for him to get in there and bang the way he did is i mean that that shows a lot of the type of player he is and the potential that he has especially hitting here in the birdcage yeah absolutely that's one of the reasons why you know i was so high on him because his production numbers were really solid you know without playing every day and you know not to mention the fact that against us i want to say he probably had you know 25 30 at bats against us 
And even when we did get him out, you know, his strikeouts were six, seven pitch at bats where we really had to, you know, make pitch after pitch after pitch. But, but also I, I can count three or four times where he hit the ball just on the screws and wasn't rewarded for it. Um, you know, so it's just one of those deals where, you know, his, his well hit average, you know, the balls that he puts in play that are well hit, uh, you know, he was up there with the guys in the league, you know, the best run producers and, and power guys in the league. So, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting to see what he can do when he gets everyday uh, at-bats. Mike Meyer joining us on the Inside the Birdcage podcast. Duel Higby, the general manager, and I, John Gaskins, we are literally inside the birdcage in Duel's office. Mike is in Tucson, Arizona, where he wisely spends his time in the offseason. <laughs> and we are going through some of the acquisitions that have been made since our last podcast as he starts to put together the 2021 Birds roster. And as Duel mentioned earlier in the show, that a normal 100-game season is planned to start sometime around late May, and the schedule should be coming out relatively soon okay so you bring in a guy anybody who can hit it out of the yard is great for the bird cage because they more easily go out of that yard than most but then you also pick up uh, last week a pitcher and it's mm-hmm. hard to find these who is ideal for the bird cage because when you told me what robbie gordon brings and you described him as a combo pitcher I'm like well that could a combo could mean anything what does it mean in this case yeah, for me, you know, one of the things I like about uh, Gordon, um, you know, is he's he can do, he can pitch in multiple roles. You can put him in the rotation. Um, you can put him in as a, a multiple inning guy out of the bullpen. You can throw him as a back end bullpen guy where he comes out and trying to get you three outs. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he was, you know, had the capabilities of being the closer for us. Um, but what I really am excited about Robbie you know, for the 2021 season is in that rotation. Um, if you look at his numbers and his career, um, he's a high strikeout guy, but he also is low walks, which is a, is a, that's a, that's not a, you know, something that you normally see from guys. They usually are high punch outs, but they also have high walks or they don't walk anybody, but you know, they don't really strike out a lot of guys either. Um, you know, so to have a guy, you know, like him, um, very similar to what Jake Zocan has been in his career, where he he's going to rack up you know seven or eight strikeouts in a in a start, you know, and walk one, um, and that's huge in our ballpark. If you can limit the balls in play and not give up free bases, um, so I'm excited to see. I don't know a ton about his stuff, um, you know, but I'm guessing he's got a high spin rate on his fastball, and that's why he's able to get a lot of those punch outs. Um, you know, but I'm excited to see him in person and, and, uh, you know, hopefully he can continue with that, those type of numbers in our ballpark. Right. At three seasons in the Cardinals organization, 2016 to 18, uh, he had a 2.18 ERA and this is as a reliever giving up 70 hits in 103 innings. Uh, forgive me, yeah. you know, that's, that's pretty wow, right? 20 hits yeah. in 103 innings. Uh, yeah. striking out 59 and walking 32 to your point striking out twice as many as he walks and striking right. out 11 and a half batters per nine innings during that time and right. then in 2019 he went independent with the Canadian American Association Rockland Boulders where he had 42 appearances that's a career high so he pitched more than he ever had uh, career marks in strikeouts and strikeouts per nine innings and wins and saves 
Uh, so w- what brought him from the Cardinals, where I, I believe it, single A was his was the highest he went? Uh, it's just interesting to know what goes behind uh, these guys' stories uh, from the from the Cardinals to now he's an independent ball, and certainly in one year of independent ball proved. Oh, he could, you know, he could really excel at that level. Yeah. Uh, but what's kind of his story going from the Cards to the Rockland Boulders to here? Yeah, a lot of it is just, you know, getting caught in the numbers. Um, you know, if you're not a high draft pick uh, and they haven't spent a bunch of money on you, you know, you really have to be dominant. Um, you have to be, you know, organizational pitch of the year type performances, um, you know, to keep advancing through the ranks. You know, because they have their guys that they've, you know, invested a significant amount of money in, um, you know, that they they need to get those innings. They need to develop, you know, or also a lot of it is if you don't have one plus, you know, pitch where if you're a if you're a really good pitcher and, and you know, you've got an average fastball and an average breaking ball and, um, you know, and you're a solid command guy they don't project you as high as if you have a major league plus fastball or a plus breaking ball. Um, and you maybe are a little wild. So a lot of times you'll see guys in the minor leagues that they have really kind of terrible numbers, but they just keep advancing through the ranks. Well, a lot of the times it's because they were, they, they were given a lot of money or, you know, they have plus stuff, um, you know, that they're there that keeps them advancing. You know, I think he's just one of those guys that get caught in the numbers a little bit where you know, they just didn't have a roster spot for him, and, and uh, you know, they cut him loose. Well, and as you mentioned, a guy who can pound the zone without giving up home runs uh, while getting yeah. strikeouts and getting home runs, so he doesn't all the time yeah. try to paint the corners. And I think uh, you've seen it time and time again as a former pitcher yourself, a former pitching coach, <laughs> when when guys yeah. pitch here, either team, you can tend to get really careful about you know, trying to get in that strike zone because a you know, normal pop fly in some places on some nights will be home runs in the birdcage, yeah. and uh, so he falls right into the wheelhouse. That's Robbie Gordon. So Troy Alexander with the stick. Robbie Gordon, the pitcher, two of our most recent acquisitions here for the 2021 Birds. And Duel, we bring up uh, a couple of other guys. And this was uh, right around, I think, the thank. Well, well, I don't know when it was. Thanksgiving-ish, yeah. uh, Right around the turn of December. Well, one big thing in the birdcage is picking the ball up, too. And, and, you know, a lot's yet to be determined what's going to happen with our, our shortstop of the last two years. Uh, Andrew Ely, obviously a huge piece. I think probably the most valuable player on our roster over the last couple of years, um, you know, holding down the leadoff spot and, and great glove work at shortstop. I mean, we, we made a, a, a signee that, that is, is good friends with one of our, our left-handed starters, Ty Colbreth, um, of last year. Zane Gerwitz, Mike, tell us a little bit about what, uh, what, what you heard from Ty and, and, and why we decided to bring him in. Yeah, he's another guy that I think is, uh, you know, is my type of guy. You know, he's scrappy. He's a gamer. He's a little undersized, um, you know, so he doesn't he he doesn't have that that normal profile where he's a big body guy. Um, you know, very similar to how Ely is, where Ely's not, you know, six three, two hundred and fifteen pounds playing shortstop, but really can move. Um, you know, Zane is like that. Um, the other thing I like about him is. You know, he drives the ball for being a, a, a smaller guy. You know, um, there's been comparisons. I've been reading some articles about him comparing him to Pedroyo with the Red Sox, where he's a little guy that takes big swings. 
Uh, and we had a guy like that in Sioux Falls a few years ago, uh, Jordan Dean, who uh, we ended up moving to Chicago so he could play close to home and, and had a monster year for the Chicago Dogs in, uh, I want to say it was 2019. So I'm kind of excited to see him. I, I think he has a chance to be a Jordan Dean type player where he's maybe a little little guy. Um, he doesn't look, you know, that imposing at the plate, but I think he's going to juice some balls in the birdcage and hit a lot of doubles and, and, uh, and homers. Um, but the other thing I like about him is, you know, he feels like, and from what Colbert told me that he's a true shortstop can really, really pick it, can really move his feet. Um, you know, so we're excited just to make sure that we're tough, we're tied up the middle defensively. I think that was one of the things that we were, uh, really pretty special at last year um, with Morales behind the plate and, and Ely at short and, and, and Logan in center. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that can come in and, and really play a, a solid shortstop for us. And I think I'm just asking on behalf, probably a lot of the birds fans listening, what, what has happened with Andrew Ely? Why is he not coming back to the birds? Well, you know, it's one of those deals where you get to at a certain point in your career, um, if there's no advancing, you know, forward and for him, that's getting back to an organization, you know, being in double A AA or triple A somewhere um, with a legit chance of getting to the big leagues. At some point you have to decide, um, you know, if you're going to continue to play or if it's time for you to shut it down and, and start in the real world. Um, you know, with, with Ely, we didn't think he was going to be back for the 2020 season. Um, he had told me he wasn't going to play, um, you know, but, with COVID and everything, he wasn't able to, to land a full-time position that he really liked. Um, and that was the situation that, uh, you know, he was ready to move forward with. So we got him back for another season and very thankful we did. You know, I'm still kind of holding out hope a little bit that, uh, you know, he'll get the itch and we'll get closer to the season and he'll call me and say, you still need a shortstop, um, you know, and then we can move some people around and, and, uh, and have Eli at short and, and Gerwitz playing second. But, um, you know, obviously we need to make sure we're covered up and, and that's the reason why we, I wanted to go after Gerwitz and I think he's going to be a really a big piece for us up the middle. Yeah, and I want to go to the fourth and final piece that we've announced publicly since the last podcast of birds that have been acquired in Nate Etheridge, but playing off of a couple things you just said, Mike, for one, I mean, what a, what a, what a job you have in that, you know, you're kind of trying to do the guesswork where, you know, yeah. ideally what you want, but as you mentioned, you kind of have to make moves and get a guy like Gerwitz just, just, just to cover things just in case. And yeah. in the meantime, have, I mean, when you put, I can't imagine if you put that down on paper or on a computer spreadsheet, you know, what it must look like, uh, your plan A, B, C, D down through double Z sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's definitely the most challenging part of it is making sure you're covered everywhere. I remember the first year I was building a roster and we were pretty much building from scratch, you know, for the 17th season, you know, and I'd miss a guy here, I'd miss one there. And you know, I kept thinking, my God, we're not going to have enough players to, to, to put a team out on the field, um, you know, and slowly but surely you start to land one here and a piece there, um, you know, but the biggest thing that I've learned <clears throat> is positional flexibility. It's having guys that can play multiple positions. That way, if, you know, Ely decides that he is for real done and he's retiring, we have somebody already standing at shortstop that's a very competitive shortstop in our league, you know, that's, that, that is qualified to play that position. Um, you know, and then if we get a bonus and get Ely back, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's a bonus. 
Um, so we want to make sure that we have positional flexibility. And, and the other thing with p- the pitching staff is making sure we have enough guys in the rotation. Um, usually you can take guys that have started in their career and put them in the bullpen and they do just, just fine. But it's not as easy to transition a guy from the bullpen into the rotation. So you want to make sure you have as many starters as you can possibly fit on your roster. And that's kind of you know, where I've been here you know, trying to do this last couple of years. Mike Meyer, manager of the Sioux Falls Canaries. He's about to enter his fifth season at the helm. And this is inside the birdcage here, literally inside the birdcage in General Manager Duel's office. Duel, go ahead. Well, I think that's one thing we've done a, a, a really good job over the last couple of years is positional flexibility. I mean, a guy like like Mike Hart who can catch, I mean, didn't we try him at third at one time? He plays in an incredible outfield, um, and he's a great clubhouse guy. I mean, guys like that are invaluable, especially last year when it's a lot more difficult to make transactions and it takes two weeks to bring a guy in and, and fill a spot. Having that flexibility is just, you have to have it. I know, Mike. We got some 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 ideas on who's going to be playing first for us this year. Um, obviously, Troy can probably do some of it. Clint did some of it last year. Uh, Jabari did as well. But I mean, that's that's kind of what we've been building this roster around is guys that can play multiple different positions. I mean, you, you definitely you can't you can't put a number on the the value of that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm glad you brought up a guy, uh, you know, like Mike Hart. Um, you know, speaking of which, I had a really good conversation with him. We haven't officially inked him, you know, to a contract for the 2021 season. But, uh, you know, so far I can say that, uh, you know, really good conversations with Mike Hart and Logan Landon. Um, you know, I'm 99% sure we're going to get both of those guys back. How did you have a um, conversation with Mike? I, 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 I see him on, I don't know if it was, it was Instagram or something like that, but I saw him on a boat on the ocean or something like that. Is he is he talking to you via satellite phone or what's going on there? Oh, I don't know. I don't know where he's been, but I, I, I do know that he, he had said he'd been working out a bunch and, and you know he's got something to prove. He didn't really like the way last year turned out for him production-wise, and he knows he's better than that, and uh, he's been trying to get his body in a little bit better shape. He's actually shed quite a bit of weight. Um, he thought maybe he got a little bit bulky, which I agree. I think that's probably the case. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit better when he's, he's a little slimmer and more uh, – uh, you know, not as, not as, you know, beefy, but, um, you know, so we're excited to have him, you know, and Logan back as both those guys. I mean, you talk about gold glove outfielders, you know, to, to have two of those guys on the same roster is pretty special. All right. So, so Logan's another thing that, that is in the works. Yeah, I think we'll probably have, uh, you know, I'm going to start, you know, adding, uh, one of the guys, get them inked up here. You know, probably one guy a week, one every other week here moving forward while we wait to see what's going on with Major League Baseball and, uh, you know, wait for their transactions. But, you know, I'd say it's probably going to be Mike Hart and, and Logan Landon will be the first couple of guys that we get locked up and and we'll go from there. But, you know, I, I think we're going to have, you know, more guys coming back from last year's team than we've had in quite a bit uh, a bit of time, which is always a, is a nice thing for, for managers you know, not needing to bring in 17 new faces uh, to your roster. Well, yeah, when you uh, made the league finals, <laughs> it's nice to have most of your guys returning. Yeah. That's that's excellent. Well, we got another yeah, big piece we're, we're trying to lock in here, too. Uh, he, he's tearing it up over in Australia, Dave McTomsha. I mean, that's, that's I mean, heck, that's another big piece to, to have back in our, our lineup anchoring third base. How that dude didn't win a gold glove last year 
is beyond yeah. me. Yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's a really big piece for us. You know, hopefully we can get him, you know, wrapped up. I haven't spoke with him. You know, he's over in Australia doing really well over there. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get him wrapped up. Just the way he played the hot corner in the birdcage this last summer, it was something special. You know, that's – Brooks Robinson – would have a hard time playing third base in the birdcage and, and, and Damick did it, you know, better than anybody I've ever seen, you know, in, in my, however, 13 years in, in Sioux Falls. So it's, um, it was pretty special and, and, you know, he was our most consistent offensive player as well. So, you know, hopefully we can get him, uh, get him on the roster and, and, and back in a bird's uniform again. And, you know that there you go. That's that's a lot of our middle of our lineup right there. We just talked about. Yeah, I mean, just to do some bookkeeping here. So we are looking at uh, the uh, good possibilities of Mike Hart coming back, yep. Dave McTomshay. You're going to hold out hope for Andrew Ely at shortstop. So we've got uh, well, Mike. Mike is sometimes in the outfield and sometimes a catcher, uh, yep. and uh, Logan. Yep. And we've got a shortstop slash second baseman, depending on what happens with Andrew, in yep. in Gerwitz. And go ahead, Duel. Oh, yeah, sorry, Duel. <laughs> well, big shoes to fill, and, and we saw how important it was last year is is filling Roy Morales' shoes back there, because obviously he goes back to Kansas City, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I mean that and catcher's a premium position. Those guys are hard to find that have have the that type of experience because they just don't become available to us. But yeah. I know Mike Mike, we've been we've been looking, scouring the web trying to find a guy that, 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 that could fill those shoes and, and hopefully we got a couple of guys on the radar that we're talking to right now. Hopefully we can make that announcement here in the next, you know, couple of weeks and yeah. and get rolling on that end too. But we uh, Yep. Go ahead. There's a couple irons in the fire right now for catchers. So, um, you know, that's that was one of my main priorities was was landing a frontline uh, starting catcher that's uh, a veteran type guy that well, not, can handle not, the pitching staff. Not to mention getting getting Clint out from everyday work back there and Mike. Yep. I mean, we saw how their offense just soared once they the the, the stressors of of being an everyday catcher kind of got taken off their plate because again I don't think people realize how important that position is I mean that's the quarterback on the on the baseball diamond he's the one yep. controlling the action and there's nothing better there's nothing sexier than a, a good rapport between a starting pitcher and a starting catcher I mean, sexy is a good word right? I mean I can right, think right? Of, I can think of sexier things but I think that's <laughs> that's uh you know it's all subjective depending on who you are if you love baseball as much as dual does I guess so yeah <laughs> Um, so, and you, you can tell me if I'm being too nosy or not, but what went in, so Morales is back with the Kansas City T-Bones? The T-Bones, yep. Okay. Yep, he was one of the players that was, uh, obviously Kansas City didn't play last year, so he became yeah. available in, in the draft, and Winnipeg ultimately drafted him, and we we uh, we, we got him in a, a transaction up there with Rick in, in Winnipeg, well, Fargo, I guess. Um, and our season just took off once we got him. So yeah. having a, a veteran back there was was absolutely massive for I, us. Did, were you, I assume you were trying to do what you could to get him back, Mike? Uh, well, unfortunately, it's out of my control. You couldn't, you know, okay. As soon as the season's over, all of the guys that were on loan had to go back to their original organizations. So were, were, were there any other guys on our team that qualified for that, that, that we uh, know can't come back? Tyler Danish went to Sussex in the Frontier League. Another big loss. 
Um, who else did we have? Well, Grant Grant Key, I guess, went back to he did went back he to went Tampa, back Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rays. Anderson went back to Oakland. Oakland. Um, and there had to be another guy. Ryan Long, guy. we had throughout the there year. You go. He went Lincoln. back to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. All right. That bookkeeping is done. Um, and then there is a guy that we did sign that we haven't mentioned on the same day, or at least we announced it on the same day as Zane Gerwitz, the, the new middle infielder, and that is Nate Etheridge. And you, you mentioned Gerwitz, who's a little guy who takes big swings. Well, Nate Etheridge appears to be a guy, a big guy who takes big swings. Yeah. 6'5", 240, yeah. and uh, can, can hit the long ball. Yeah, you know, he's such a great person, too. You know, we had him in camp, I want to say it was 2018. It was 18, um, yep. You know, he, he had been out of baseball for a couple years. You know, he wasn't sure he wanted to go the independent route. Um, started working, realized he had made a mistake, was trying to work himself back in. We brought him into camp, had an outstanding spring training for us. But you could tell he was just a little rusty, and I didn't think I was going to have enough at-bats for him to, to really get the work in that he needed. Um, you know, So we, we let him go so he could go to the Pacific Association, and um, he's been playing you know, between the Pacific Association and the Pecos League just to get at-bats and really build um, – you know, build his resume and, and has he ever, um, he's just destroyed those leagues. Um, I had got a call about him last year from one of the, the managers over there that I know and, and said, look, you got to sign this kid. And, and I was like, Oh shoot, I had him in 18. I don't have room for him now, but he was one of the guys that I really wanted to bring in this year. Um, you know, and let him get his at bats and let him play and be a part of the Canaries and, and see what he can do in the American Association so he can really showcase his abilities. You know, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, he's not known for his defense. He can he's a, he can play a little bit of third. He can play definitely play first. He can play corner outfield spots. Um, he can run. He, he runs really well for a big guy. Um, you know, but the thing I really liked about him, being out of baseball for two years and coming into American Association spring training, and putting in the quality at bats that he did, um, that was what really impressed me the most. He was getting beat a little bit with velocity, um, but that's to be expected for most guys early in the year because they haven't seen a lot of live pitching, especially if they're coming from up north where you just can't go outside. Um, but you know, for him to 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 put together the at bats that he did, swinging at pitches that you know that are, are good pitches to hit. Um, and just missing some balls, I knew that if he could get, you know, 800 at bats or so, um, you know, he could, he could really, you know, put some numbers up. And and so I'm excited to have him. You know, he's a great kid. He works his tail off, and, and he'll be a big piece for us as well. Nate Etheridge, 25-year-old, 197 games, three years, Los Angeles Angels, minor league teams, uh, 29 games for the AA affiliate in 2019, most recently batted 288. Uh, seven home runs, 35 RBI, over 71 games. So, yeah, uh, a big stick to be expected in the birdcage. And you, know, you mentioned some recent things. Pecos League, he batted 435. Pecos or Pecos? 
Pecos. Thank yep. you. Of course, it's Spanish. Come on. I had five years of Spanish. I think I wouldn't even <laughs> have to ask. Uh, batting 435, five home runs, 59 RBI, 39 runs in just 30 games. He did all that in 30 games. So looking forward yeah. to having him around here as well. Uh, we're we're going to wind this thing down a little bit, although I do, uh, you know, we're getting an idea of your roster construction, but also Mike Meyer, manager of the Birds. Uh, we mentioned Damick in winter ball. He is in Australia, and uh, if anything's done that's regarding him or any of our players, we'll make sure to retweet that. So follow us on Twitter, at Canaries. Mike is a shark on Twitter, so I know that's how you're following things. <laughs> uh, but for the rest of you, he's not. He's not on Twitter. No. Uh, but so... There's Damick, and just in general, he's ripping it up in Australia. I, I seem to see a new thing about him every four or five days, a new highlight of him hitting a home run uh, or making a sweet play. I know Roy, who's no longer with the team, and um, Tyler Heron, who we had on the podcast, they're both, are they still both in Puerto Rico? They're both still in Puerto Rico on the same team. That's cool. And is, is Tyler a, a plan? Do you know what's going on with him? Do you want to talk about that? Who, who, with who? Heron. Yeah. So, you know, uh, every now and again, we, we talk, it's kind of a little bit challenging because our time zones are, are so off, but you know, with, uh, with Heron, um, we were communicating the other day, uh, texting and he'd send me a message and, you know, I'd get back to him and then it would be, you know, 12 hours or so and he'd get back to me. Yeah. But, um, you know, Heron, they were, uh, trying to get the championship series in. I know they were having issues with COVID over there. Um, you know, but he's throwing the ball really well. Um, I know he's looking forward to, to, to keep coming back. I think, you know, he's kind of fallen in love with Sioux Falls and, and being a member of the coaching staff along with, you know, continuing to play. He's really trying to build his resume. You know, he wants to manage, you know, down, down the line in the future. And, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a tremendous manager someday. Um, super, super important for our clubhouse. Um, just the knowledge he brings. I mean, I think he's been playing for like 47 years, but he's, um, <laughs> you know, just the knowledge he brings to the game and his, his really cool, calm demeanor. And the fact that, you know, you can run a guy out there and he's going to give you seven innings every single time he toes the rubber every fifth day is a huge benefit, especially in the birdcage where it can be challenging for pitchers to get through the fifth inning a lot of the time. So having a guy like him, is is really important and uh you know hopefully i can get him wrapped up here in the next month or so uh and get him back as that you know bench coach uh, uh number one starting pitcher yeah not a bad combo to have with him any other any other guys that you're watching winter ball that uh, of note that you'd like to relay to the fans no but i i do have one uh you know a little tidbit here that's not really common knowledge you know nobody really knows about it duel and i talked about it but uh you know, I, there's a very good possibility that uh, we're going to be adding a, uh, a player coach uh, for the offensive side of things. Um, it really sounds like, you know, we're going to get Jabari Henry back, which I never in a million years thought that would happen. Um, but he wants to get into coaching and, you know, talk about a clubhouse guy. Talk about a guy that knows that knows his stuff. You know, Jabari's that guy. And, you know, hopefully I can get him, you know, kind of locked in and and we can move forward with that because I'd love to see what he's able to do with our, our hitters and, and really just, you know, talk to them and teach and, you know, and be that presence, uh, you know, for us in the dugout, but, but also in the middle of that lineup, uh, he's pretty special when he stays healthy. So, uh, you know, that'd be another big, 
big get for us. Well, health is the biggest thing, and I think we've learned all, our lesson over, what has it been, three or four years he's, we, yeah. he's been a part of us, and it seems like he's always got, got some, sort of, some, some sort of hamstring issue midway yep. through the year. So we're, we're really going to have to baby him. We're going to have to hire him a personal masseuse, <laughs> um, yeah. keep him nice and loosey-goosey, and play him. Play him four four nights out of the week, something like that, yep, just to keep nights. him fresh and healthy, and oh. and have his have his jokes and antics in the in the clubhouse and in the dugout. We're really and going with the Rocco Baldelli route here, aren't we? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, I've been told I look like him, so we're we're bringing it we're bringing it in. But no, he he'd be another another huge huge piece for us. That that dude's gonna hit till he's fifty. He's Nelson Cruz. Yeah, he can really hit, man. When he's healthy, there's nobody better in the American Association. So, and when I was, you know, oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, I was just going to say we saw what he did for the first half of the season, and then when he came back off of injury, he wasn't quite ready. But we needed him in the lineup just as for his presence, and you could slowly see it after about ten days. He started to get into rhythm a little bit, and uh, you know he started smashing the ball at the end of the year, and we got to the playoffs, and he was he was great for us in that series. You know, I mean, he he's as good as they come when he's healthy. So. It's going to be really important, uh, you know, for me to make sure that that we're not using him and working him too much, uh, four nights four nights a week, and really kind of keep him spread out, making sure he has those those uh, you know Sunday days off. Plus, you know, hopefully we have Mondays off again. Uh, you know, give him those back to back days off just to really keep him fresh because when he's in the lineup, we're different. Yeah, I was putting together that. Uh end of 2020 video the bird is the word video the most recent one we've put out uh, at canaries on twitter if you want to watch that and enjoy that again but when i was going through some of the highlights what a beautiful swing he has i mean i, yeah. I guess i didn't realize that in person um and he's got, uh, he's got great hands my alter ego harry canary was too busy drinking beer and talking to people <laughs> to to notice at least from any vantage point in the birdcage just what a beautiful swing looking at it straight on field from a center field vision i was like wow i mean I, that's you know it's not quite ken griffey but it's it's pretty sweet i can't know? believe you told people you're harry canary that's like telling i know kids there's no santa claus santa. i know on. well yeah. Yeah, he does have a beautiful swing. He's one of those guys that you just really enjoy watching him do what he does. Yeah. And uh, I know for me, you know, I it's like a it's like a warm blanket when I'm coaching third base and it's time for Jabari to come up and hit, you know, because we know that something something fun's going to happen. Well, even on the days he's not playing, I mean, he's going to be a dangerous piece off the bench in a big situation, coming to get that 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 you know ba- runners on base coming up in the ninth inning against a closer when we're down two runs. I mean, that that scares the crap out of anybody that's on on, oh, yeah. Yeah, on the mound. So yeah. uh, By the way, uh, so you mentioned so a lot of guys from a very successful team last year you're trying to bring back, and you're, you're doing a pretty good job, and you still have some good possibilities there, as you mentioned, with Jabari and Mike Hart and Dave McTomshay, and so to be continued. That's partly why we have this podcast, and we have sfcanaries.com. And, and just so you know, John, Mike's doing all this in the middle of he just just got a new house he's doing the landscaping so he's got our oh, wow. our beautiful little uh little hats we got i guess we're looking at one of them here in the bucket hats in my office uh-huh. i'm yep. sure mike's wearing one of those as he's he's gardening and and getting his house up to park because he's <laughs> he's got a green thumb i don't know if you knew that doesn't surprise me I, a, I do have a green thumb and i do wear my bucket hat and right now i'm currently in the process of trying to move about 40 tons of dirt uh, to get my backyard nice and level so I can start, you know, doing my thing. Oh, Mike's going to come in at next summer with with some arms. 
They're no no, no longer going to look like strings hanging off his shirt. They're, he's going to no. have some biceps. I do. I look like I'm 25 again. So <laughs> I'll I'll take. I didn't see a 25. I'll take that as a good thing. Uh, for most of us, it's better than how we look now. Um, That's right. So, but the Major League Baseball that we, as far as I know, as far as I read recently in an article about somebody Duel brought up earlier, Nelson Cruz, that. The MLB does not know quite what's happening with the season, when it is starting, or when it is uh, restructuring where their minor leagues are at. Uh, how much? Do, first of all, what can you tell me about that, and how does this impact guys like you in the American Association of Professional Baseball? Either of you? Well, Man, Manfred did just announce he, he told everybody all the all the 32 clubs to plan for a 162 game season. Okay, starting up, which honestly I think it. Gosh, I heard on the radio this morning. I think it's five weeks from from pitchers and catchers reporting, okay. which is insane. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but as far as last I heard, at least due to MLB Network Radio, uh, 162 regular game season, and they're they're planning on some fans too. Okay, and so they're gonna so their minor league teams are back, the ones that didn't get contracted. I honestly, Mike, maybe you know a little bit more about that, but as far as I know, I think they're they're pretty much on schedule as well. Because last year you had a much bigger pool, and obviously you still just got guys you already ready to have come play for the Birds. And you, you told us on a recent podcast, Mike, that you know you, you had your guys in mind and you stuck with them. And uh, you know we brought in a few guys who we wouldn't normally get. That were that were affiliated with minor league teams, um, affiliated minor league teams. Um, so, so this time around, is it going to be more like normal in that vein? Well, I, Mike, not cut you, I'll let you go, but I think, you know, obviously there's been quite a few players that have been released here quietly in November, December, that kind of thing. Um, but I assume there's probably going to be more releases than even normal come come uh, March, April. I guess maybe Mike, you know a little bit more than I am as far as what rosters currently look like but i would assume there's probably going to be more releases than ever yeah i can tell you this i think uh you know i'm in the same i think i'm in the quick uh in the same boat as everybody else where you know i think the minor leagues they're they're on a b c d e plans you know i don't think anybody really knows what it's going to look like um you know my i'm anticipating that there's going to be a minor league season but with contraction, um, I think there's going to be more releases than ever. I think there's going to be more re- guys released from the upper levels of the minor leagues, double A, triple A, than ever before. Um, and I honestly think that the 2020 season that we saw in the American Association is more like the new standard than us going back to what it looked like in 2019. I think the level of baseball in the American Association is going to continue to improve. And I honestly think it's going to be basically an, another version of 2020 moving forward. And that's what I see. I think it's going to be the highest level of, of baseball and independent and any of the independent leagues. And, and, you know, I think it's going to be, we're going to have to put together a roster that's very similar, if not better than our 2020 roster to compete in the American association next year. Well, we have faith in you, right? I mean, well, Duel does, or else he wouldn't have brought you back. So yeah, no, I, I, oh, you know, yeah. I feel really good too at this point. I, I've, I'm very confident in where we are right now, with the level of talent that we're bringing back, with some of the, the acquisitions that we've had, which are the young. A lot of them have been the younger, uh, younger guys, which is the is really what we were needing to add to our roster. Um, 
you know, compared to last year where we were really pretty old. Um, it's, and when I mean old, I don't mean age-wise. I mean experience level. Um, but we are going back to the original rules where we have to carry so many rookies. We can only carry so many vets. Um, you know, so that's going to be really the only difference is there's going to be more rookies in the league than there were last year, and there won't be as many vets. But I think that the the level of play that you're going to get from your LS1s, 2s, 3s, and 4s is going to be significantly higher than what we saw, you know, for the last 10 years or so because there's going to be so many of those guys available. We hate to put you on the spot to, to wrap this up, uh, but w- – we we enjoy and we will continue to enjoy, I hope, whenever we have Manager Mike Meyer on these Inside the Birdcage podcasts, stories of your playing days, because anybody who has been around baseball as long as you uh, will have incredible stories. What's the weirdest or dumbest or craziest thing you remember happening uh, on a baseball field that you were either playing, coaching, or managing? Well, I can tell you the most dangerous thing that ever happened. That'll work. So it was my third year with the Cardinals. I was in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. I want to say it was my third year. And I was in the Carolina League, and we're playing in Lynchburg, Virginia. I believe it was Lynch. Yeah, Lynchburg, Virginia. And I was in the bullpen at the time. So uh, we're probably in the third inning of the game or, you know, somewhere around there. And uh, we're sitting in the bullpen, and all of a sudden, the ground starts to vibrate under our feet. And we just smell this, like, burnt wires. It, it really smelled like burnt electrical. So we all kind of get up, and we run off the out of the bullpen because we weren't really sure what was going on. And, uh, you know, obviously the umpire saw it, and they stopped the game. And, you know, they, everybody was wondering, was there a snake down there? You know, what was going on? And, and we were trying to explain what was happening. and. The ground screw guy came over and had said, oh, yeah, well, you guys are sitting where the light standard used to be. They rerouted it and moved it off the field so that the light standard wasn't on the field. Um, it happened sometimes, the guy said. So we said, all right. So we sat back down. Fast forward to about the seventh inning or so, and right in the middle of a pitch, boom, the light standard behind us blows up. And about a three-foot-high blue flame comes out of the ground in between my leg and my good buddy, Carmen Salvatore Cali. Um, it came in between our, our legs, just missed our feet. It melted my pants to my legs. Same with him. He took off running. You know, all the lights throughout the stadium all went out at the same time. Obviously, we had to cancel the game. Um, you know, we didn't even get to play the next day because they had to dig it all up and, and try to figure it out. But anyways... I was about three inches or so from having my foot melted, um, but uh, so but le- it got me in baseball. America, your your so foot, yeah, of- your foot and other appendages. So light- yeah, yeah. Lights Goodness. go out, and all the fancy is one of the players running with his pants on fire across the field. Oh man, I tell you, it was it sight. was scary. It was scary, and and the pitch was delivered. And if anybody's been around a game when the pitcher's in the middle of his windup and he delivers and the lights go out talk about panic when you're the catcher the umpire and the and the hitter because you can't see where that ball's coming the pitcher can't see where he's throwing it um it's never happened to me when i've been on the mound but i've been there multiple times when it's happened and thank god luckily most of the instincts of the start of the pitcher is to just throw it up 
and they throw it, you know, somewhere off the middle of the backstop. But, you know, when, and for us, we went taking off running into the middle of the field, you know, in the middle of the game when the pitch is delivered, you know, um, because there's a flame coming out of the ground. So it was, it was an exciting, uh, exciting moment. Wow. I mean, that's, that's crazy that pitchers have the instincts. Cause I, I don't know if that's a kind of a thing where you just are prepared for or talk about or no, uh, never, but wow. To have that kind of instinct just to make sure you're not. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Severely injuring someone with a, uh, uh, 80 to hundred mile per hour baseball coming at them and in darkness, but the, the field on fire, that's <laughs> that, it was, uh, when you talk about blue flames, I, I, I just, and th- coming out from the ground into the sky, I just think cousin, well, I think, Cousin, what Cousin Eddie did leading to what ended uh-huh. up happening at the end of Christmas vacation. That's, yep, absolutely. Wow. That's not my only fire, by the way, during a game. So if you want to save it for another we show, do. That's, remind me. That's a great idea. I'll write that down. Another fire for Mike <laughs> Meyer. Yep. Uh, all right, gentlemen, as always, it was a blast. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Uh, happy yeah, gardening. You. you there? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good one. Mike Meyer, the manager of the Sioux Falls Canaries. The general manager, Dual Higby, any any bow ties you want to put on this? Anything anything to tell the fans? We haven't had any major electrical explosions at the birdcage, so we're, we're doing all right. That's good news. We're doing all right. All right. Uh, that's one reason to come on back. We don't suspect any major electrical yeah, that's right. Disasters and and going forward, now is the busy time for the birds. <laughs> Schedules coming out. Yeah, uh, more players going to get get signed. We'll we'll uh, we'll be announcing those as they happen. So stay tuned. Lots of fun stuff coming to the, bar, the ballpark. Stay with us. Uh, of course, I don't need to tell most of you listening because this is how this is how you found inside the birdcage in the first place at Canaries on Twitter or on Instagram, Sioux Falls Canaries on Facebook. Because uh, you know we we, we we like to produce content and have some things for you from time to time we got some fun videos coming up here we do we had fun with the fleet farm video did you get any feedback on that they loved it okay i i loved it i thought it was great i need my ego massage just a little bit just the same way jabari needs his hands it was great and and lennon noticed my daughter noticed that she had a little uh cameo she did so she wants to watch it yes all the time (laughs) we've got another one coming soon so Uh, That and deals for the season and uh, things to expect. It'll be a slow roll, but uh, hopefully, thankfully, we will uh, make it to May and have some baseball. In the meantime, we'll kick 2021 off right. We're we're bringing the Roaring 20s back, baby. All right. He's dual. Roar. I'm John Gaskins. Go Birds. This has been Inside the Birdcage. Thanks for listening to Inside the Birdcage, the Sioux Falls Canaries podcast. If you enjoyed it, and if you made it this far, you probably did, then please like us, review us glowingly, subscribe, whatever the hell you do to get us more hits, more listeners, more people to enjoy the splendor of the birds. Do it and find us in most places you'll find podcasts. I'm Harry Canary. The Inside the Birdcage podcast is a Harry Canary production. We'll talk to you next time, whatever the hell we want to do it again, on Inside the Birdcage. 
go, Burbs!